Welcome back to part two of the season six finale recap, Glamorous Life. And by the way, it doesn't get less crazy. Let's talk about the chief. Gotta add to music there and the recording. <laughs> yeah, she needs some sort of dramatic intro. Before the Theo one, you should do um, like Darth Vader's dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> Darth Vader's two from Star Wars. Just saying. All right, we'll add that in. And you can um, um oh, you need to add in the little house on the prairie thing so they know that I did it right. <laughs> I'm not sure where we stand with uh, copyright stuff. They might okay. charge us money. Um, All right. If but... it's in commercial sounds, you're doing it. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> Look, you own the box set. We know you did it right. You just play it in the background. There's, there is zero doubt. Okay. If anybody doubts it, I'm just saying. We're, we're, we're finding a way to play it. <laughs> Chief Natasha Ross. Natasha um, Ross. Sullivan <clears throat> has arrived stag. So things are clearly not Look, going well. Looking mean, there. like in the picture, did you see how he was like curling his lip and stuff? Oh, like surly. Yeah, like forget you then. Mean, moody, and well, I was going to say mean, moody, and magnificent, but just mean and moody. No, leave the magnificent fine. out. So he's arrived, stag. We don't see the chief until Andy finds her, um, yep. which is when she tells Andy that she shouldn't be campaigning for her because it might look sus when she names Andy the captain. The captain. We'll just take a moment for it to let that let that wash over you a little bit more. Oh, Captain, my Captain. There you go. Um, oh, captain, my Captain. Then the chief goes and finds Sullivan and lets him down gently, and she says that they're now free to love each other now that yes, and she's he's not all in, in the captain's yeah. race exactly, and that she's all in. Um, he then very sweetly, compares their relationship to a situation they were in when they were in the military together where they unnecessarily kept a man alive who was bleeding out <laughs> despite them knowing there was no way that he could survive. And so he says, uh, no one wanted to call it then, but basically we've bled out and I am calling it. Well, fine. Classy dude there. Um, and then she goes to uh, one piece of work, man to another. Because Dixon is at the bar. He's Kitty's plus oh, one. Oh, Dixon. I know. He's Kitty's plus one. And after he tells his pretty Kitty to do whatever she needs to do to secure the Tuscan villa. God, that was so weird. I thought it was quite sweet. Like everyone's really? got everyone's got nicknames for their Yeah, that just not oh, that one. Well, I mean he's a man of a certain age. That's true. And there's a certain um kind of atmosphere that he's been raised in and there's a certain acceptable way to treat women that he's been socialized in look at you being all and one of those is to do things like call your wife pretty kitty which is fine pretty kitty um do you want to hear the joke on my laffy taffy yeah go for it why did the imaginary woman wear lipstick i don't know why did the imaginary woman wear lipstick she was made up. Oh my god. I thought that was appropriate because Natasha Ross always asked Sully for a joke and I just thought it was appropriate. Yeah, why not? Sorry, continue. No, that is absolutely fine. Um, what is Laffy Taffy? <laughs> What's that? OMG. It's it's Taffy. What the hell is Taffy? Melissa, now I'm really stress eating. <laughs> it's like a, no, it's not very soft. Um, it's it's like a hard. I'm gonna show it to you. Each one has a joke. Um, like how do birds chat with each other? Uh, they tweet. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's like a hard. Like you can um. Kind of sticky candy. Like a, see, it's like hard. Okay. Is it like, um, it looks like a, like a tough mawam. I don't know what mawam is. Okay. Yes, you can try to eat it. Take the small one. <laughs> and it's just, we call it Laffy Taffy. 
Okay. That I mean, it's good. I, it, it I'm going to bring you some when I come. He gave I it a thumbs I'm, up. I think I might lose a tooth. I'm going to bring you some when I okay. come and you're going to try it. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. And then I'll get some Mawam in because I think it looks similar to Mawam. We can see what we can do like one of those comparison videos. We can do like a, a cultural exchange. We Yeah, let's do it. We I'm going to bring a couple different candies. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Okay. So where were we? We were at the bar with Dixon. Mm-hmm. Um, so and he's um, and, and Pretty Kitty. So he sent Pretty Kitty off to do whatever she needs to do to secure the Tuscan villa. Then he turns to Natasha and offers her his hand and says to her again, which he said to her initially when he was trying to blackmail her, basically, um, that it's just politics. And she says that the best part of being forced out of her job is not having to deal with him anymore. And then he just can't help it, can he? His parting shot just has to be nasty. And she asks what he's doing there, and he says that he just couldn't pass up the opportunity of being Kitty's plus one so that he could watch Natasha squirm. <sighs> See, maybe that's why, because that's my girl, you know. Right. And then that's the last that we see of Chief Ross until the incident. So we can talk about sort of how the situation resolves itself after the incident. But what did you think of the final nail in the relationship coffin for Sullivan being directly related to Andy being made captain over him. I could not emotionally handle that situation. You look disgusted by my Laffy Taffy. I'm not. I'm just amazed that that either of you still have teeth. The strength that it took for you to <laughs> yank that apart with your fingers and your what did you crack up <laughs> he's like why are you cracking up because he can't hear you <laughs> this episode is probably one of my favorites i'm not gonna be able to wait for you to get out <laughs> it's when you get it in your mouth and you start chewing it it yeah. i can't explain it it's not this hard see yeah i see and then you see it's 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 a foot long now and still intact how is this yeah because it's laffy taffy i think that you could build reasonable structures with that we could use that to reinforce we you could like the posts in the garden see yeah bloody hell Oh my god, you can't edit that out. That was I wish they could see your face though. The iconic her facial expressions. OMG. I just never said anything like that. He wanted more, so I had to break it in half because he can't have a whole one yet. No. I mean his jaws would be essentially wired shut were he to put that in his tiny little mouth. Sorry. That's quite right. Right. So Sullivan, the the thing that did it for Sullivan, the straw that broke the camel's back was Andy being promoted over him. Yep. So, thoughts, feelings, get them all out. Um, I think he acted extremely immature. Yep. I think he was very self-centered. Yep. Um, I don't think he was looking at the whole picture. And I that whole exchange between him and Ross and with how she was basically her 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 heart out spoke everything she was feeling had her heart on her sleeve and then the reaction he gave her i just no words i couldn't believe it i was upset i was irritated and i thought you don't deserve him walk away and it was the way that he said oh i'm not just saying all the things i normally say you're just doing all the things that you normally do and yeah. it's like yeah. yeah, because you can't get your head around. You're asking her to compromise herself and compromise her position to soothe your ego. And, mm-hmm. you know, as you say, this woman's breaking open her heart and pouring it out to you. She said to you mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, I want to marry you. Like, I love you. I want right. to marry you. I want to shout all of this from the rooftops, you know. Yep. And instead of saying, do you know what? I love you too. This has been a long time coming. They almost lost each other. 
um, they did lose touch before. They've got the second chance. And it's not like he hasn't been accomplished in his career. He right. made it to battalion chief. So right. he's sort of had a go at... at he could have been battalion chief when she became chief. He still he still could have been battalion chief. Yeah, but because she didn't promote him when he thought he should be promoted, and by the way, not once did he ask her to do it on merit. Right, right. I think he just thought he was a shoe in. Just assumed that he was a shoe in, whether on merit or whether you know because he feels that she should just hand it to him, maybe. I don't know because he hasn't made that clear, but not once has he said to her, what makes me less appropriate for the role than Andy? And if Mm. it is just that I'm your boyfriend, then we've got a problem because you should be doing this on merit. He hasn't said that. He's just kind of almost used it as a stick to beat her with and just to say, you know what this means to me and you won't give it to me and you've hurt me and you don't understand me and you haven't done right by me. And so therefore I'm, I'm off. So let's look at it. Let's just take 20 seconds. Yeah. This season, who has proven more, who has acted more like a captain this season? Andy. 100%. Because he's been a capricious child. He's spat yeah. the dummy. And so, so honestly, Andy deserved it over him. If you're going to put it, your emotions and your ego ahead of, the good of the house, the good of the department, the good of your partner. If you can't see past, but I want it, then why do you deserve it? You've got Maya who recognized, you know what, this isn't the best time and didn't take a step forward. And this guy just assuming that it should be handed to him on a plate and spitting the dummy when it's not. So as you rightly say, he is not acting in a captain-like way. So in no way, shape or form does the man deserve it. And she's made absolutely the correct decision. Yep, I agree. 100% drop the mic. Boom. 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 So (laughs) do we have anything else to say about the chief or Sullivan pre-incident? As the Deutsches say, no. (laughs) Nine. Uh, Shall we move on to the incident? Let's do it. Okay. So. We really don't need to see your toes. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) God bless him. So the incident. So following the fire that was kind of pouring out of the walls, they've followed it all the way down to the basement where it becomes clear that the building is not at all up to code. And there's some dodgy wiring. Um, A couple of firefighters out of the district have come to help because as luck would have it or not, there's been a massive incident in the district. So there's no one else available to come out. Right. And then in the basement, Andy notices that the basement ceiling is highly compromised. So we're seeing the results of the uneven floor that the waitress tripped on earlier. And she goes up to try and evacuate, but as is always the way in TV land. As she gets up there, that's the exact moment that the floor collapses, gives way, and takes out a significant number of the guests. Jack pushes Travis out of the way and falls himself. He manages to grab hold of the edge and save himself from going all the way down into the hole, Um, but he bangs his head very hard in the process. And then we see Theo, we see Andy, and we see Travis, But at the point that the screen goes black, everyone else is unaccounted for. And because they like to slow drip these things and make us all panic, um, when we go back in, we see Vic, who's joined Travis in pulling Jack up, and we see Sullivan keeping a perimeter. And we see the pregnant waitress in the hole trapped under a section of floor. Jack being Jack, she's his priority, not the fact that he's got a bleeding head. We see Kitty tell Sullivan that she thinks Dixon and the chief are in the hole. And so that leaves Dixon, the chief, Powell, Maya and Karina unaccounted for at that point. So my heart was still having palpitations. Andy takes the DJ's mic, goes into captain mode immediately, starts directing the waitstaff to grab ladders and supplies and stuff, anything they think that can help. 
any firefighters in the room, there were several of them, luckily, should go and grab all the equipment they can out of 46's trucks, which are outside. Then on a personal note, I can take a breath because we see Maya and Karina because Andy instructs Karina to go set up triage and gets Maya to go grab hoses and stuff to help the walking wounded get out of the hole. Dearborn's name comes up again. No, I'm like for these details. So this is the third time in the history of Station 19 that we've heard the name Dearborn. And it's also the third time in my life that we've heard the name Dearborn. I've never heard of, heard of anyone called Dearborn before. There's three of them in Seattle that are all related to the fire service. So <laughs> I guess there's the possibility that the Dearborn that's in the room is the same Dearborn that had Maya's tongue in her mouth whenever it was, season one, two, I don't remember what it was. But if it is Charlotte Dearborn, they've missed a trick because it would have been really funny to have a scene with her and Maya and Karina. Yes, I agree. So either it's the same Dearborn and they've just mentioned her and not physically brought her on, or it's a third Dearborn. It was something that distracted me and it makes me feel better to distract you also. Ben and Miranda are on the way to the airport to fly out to Boston, but Ben hears about the floor collapse on the like group text for the firefighters. And Miranda, without any hesitation, says, that's family back there. And turns yep. turns the car around. So then Ben and Miranda are back on the scene. So we're all together now. Everyone's accounted for. However, the chief and Dixon are confirmed to be under the collapsed floor. And so begin four rescues. So the first one is Theo, Vic and Jack teaming up to uncover a body trapped in the rubble and it turns out to be Powell and even (laughs) mid-rescue Vic and Theo are still fighting Theo says that she could have internal bleeding and Vic says that he's stating the obvious Jack falls which is obviously foreshadowing what is to come but then he screams at Theo to take his hands off him which doesn't go unnoticed by Vic Yep. so that's that they seem to have sorted Powell out and she's off to the hospital the pregnant waitress they somehow get her out of the hole we don't see the machinations of it but it doesn't matter she's out but she's unconscious she's got a potential crush injury they run her to the kitchen to work on her grab Karina and Ben to join them things aren't looking great Karina's shoeless on top of her giving her chest compressions and then the next time we see them Maya's taken over the chest compressions because a paramedic wants to move her to the hospital but Karina says they can't and has gowned up and then Ben sterilizes a kitchen knife and Karina performs an emergency c-section right there in the kitchen the baby's fine but the mother is still critical as they rush her out with Maya still giving her chest compressions on a moving gurney so that's a to be continued I guess and then the third rescue is Sullivan trying to rescue the chief so He can hear SOS being tapped out in Morse code, reasonably believes that it's the chief. So at that point, we know that she's still alive. He locates her and is single-handedly lifting large chunks of floor off her. And then the tapping stops, which um, has us all a bit panicky. He eventually uncovers her and carries her lifeless body to safety. And then as he's trying to get her to come around and, and breathe, he tells her that he's wrong. He wants to love her back and he begs her to wake up which she does. She takes a breath and they kiss. And then when we leave the chief, she's fine. She's sitting up, but she's refusing to leave until everyone else does. So chiefing right up until the last minute. And then the final rescue takes place when we see a very large slab of floor being lifted to reveal Dixon's face. And He's unconscious. Travis consoles Kitty and then he descends to help. And whilst Travis is still trying to get big chunks of floor off him, he regains consciousness. And he and Travis have a really sweet exchange. Travis is talking to him about Emmett and tries to keep him engaged. But uh, you kind of have to love that Dixon, even when he's dying, (laughs) reverts to type. And he says to Travis, you know, of all the boys Emmett brought home, you are my favourite. 
then saying that Emmett doesn't bring boys home anymore because he's moved to Europe. Yeah. It was just such a nice touch. And then he bursts into tears and begs Travis not to let him die. And Travis wipes um, blood from his mouth before he loses consciousness again. Somehow Travis manages to extricate him and he's furiously performing CPR on him. But at this point, Dixon's eyes are wide open and it's very obvious that he hasn't made it. And Andy has to basically go down there and get Travis to stop. So the episode kind of closes out. We've got everybody out to safety, apart from Dixon's obviously is not safe. He hasn't made it. And the pregnant woman's life hangs in the balance. But we've got everybody out. We've done our best. Ben tries to make it to Boston. It seems like Theo's gone to the hospital with Powell because we don't see him anymore. Maya and Karina, we saw them go off to the hospital with the once pregnant woman, now the the new mother who's sliced open from um, sternum to pelvis. I, I thought we I thought we saw Theo at the end, right before Jack falls. Because he, he goes to stop him because he sees he's going to go to Vic to tell her and he goes to stop. He's in the background. I I believe, I thought I saw him because my mom was like, oh, he's going to stop him. Now you know I have to look. Either way, everyone seems to have peeled off. My and Karina have gone to the hospital with the new mum. Sullivan is taking care of the chief. Andy's still keeping point, still captaining. Jack goes to congratulate her on making captain. And then says, let me go take care of something. And as he's making his way to Vic to tell her about Theo and Powell, he's stopped by Travis, who wants to thank Jack for saving his life. And it's at that point that Jack collapses before he can tell Vic about Theo. And that's our cliffhanger, is will Jack survive? Will Jack survive? Do you think he will? Yes, because it's Jack. Because it's Jack. Because it's Jack. He's the only white cis het dude in the show, so yeah. <laughs> so he has to. So he has to, and it's Jack. I mean, you know, he has his moments, but you can't help but love Jack. But also, I wondered if they're going to do something with like head injuries or something next year because that's two massive head injuries that Jack's yeah. had in recent times. Yeah. So. The only and she notes that too. She yes, says, exactly. So, yeah, th- so that's yeah. that's kind of what made me think. Because normally, when they bring something like that up, it's with a view. So I wonder yeah. if they'll. Of course, yeah. sometimes they also forget that they've done that, and we get our lost storylines. Yeah, but that's true. I was right. He's there, is he? He's right behind Travis. Dove? Oh yeah, you're right. I didn't see him. Because you didn't want to see him. I don't want to see him. I'm done with that who, boy. Who who did? Exactly, exactly. I only I didn't do that because I needed to be right. I did that because I felt crazy. I'm like, no, I know that's I saw okay. Him. And I am always happy to be told. Actually, that's a lie. I'm not happy to be told I'm wrong. But no, I, I will accept it. <laughs> I love. I appreciate and love the honesty. There you go. I'm nothing if not honest. Right. The only two things that I think materially changed as a result of the incident itself was that Natasha and Sullivan are now back on, whereas pre-incident they were off. And obviously the demise of Michael Dixon. So Sullivan and Natasha, what do you think of Sullivan's sudden 180? You know, I didn't like it. And my mom kind of made the comment like, well, sometimes people don't realize their feelings until they lose it. and, And I still don't like it. I think that Ross has treated her unfairly for a while. It's not just this finale that we saw that. And um, I'm not, you know, I used, you know, I used to love them together. Yep. Um, And I'm not sure now if I think that he's the man for her. I think she's going to stand by him because she loves him. Yep. But I think he's proved several times that in certain situations, he just can't treat her right. And I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, in the words of the Queen herself, Joni Mitchell, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? However, you shouldn't need that. It shouldn't take her being buried under Almost a giant dying. pile yeah. of rubble for him to realise, oh, do you know what? Actually, 
she's the best thing that ever happened to me. And and it's not like she hasn't been, she's been trying her damnedest and she was prepared to walk out of her job for him. And, she was. And I think you're absolutely right. And I suppose it's one of those things where if that's what she wants and if that's what's going to make her happy, then you have to champion it. And it's not like he's a Theo character. It's not like he's borderline abusive. He's just a bit of an arse. Yeah. Um, right. But maybe this is the short, sharp shock that he needed. And maybe right. this maybe this will be the making of him and the making of them. Because he says, doesn't he, I was wrong. I want to love you back and we'll just work the yeah. rest out. So I think right. the the main thing is, I guess, that that he's he's prepared to work it out. Yeah. And look, there's nothing he can do about it now. Andy's already captain. What right. else is there? Right. It's done. There's no more negotiating to do. The decision's been made. So he's just either going to have to, he's just going to have to learn to live with it. There is no alternative, is there? He's just going to have to learn to live with it. With or well, without you, Ross, no, there... he has to learn to live with it. Right. And you, you're absolutely right. We took a poll this morning on the live. Um, who was worse, Theo or Sully? And it was Theo hands down. So oh, it's not like he's a yeah. Theo. He just has to work through some stuff. Yeah. So, For sure. Yeah. So I'm in agreement with you and I'm just hoping that when we start the next season, he's going to have a greater appreciation for what he's got and he's going to act in a way that um, yes. is commensurate with that. Is there anything else you wanted to say about Sullivan and Chief Ross or shall we move on to Michael Dick Dixon? Yeah, we can move on to that. I'm actually controversial statement coming up. I'm gutted. <laughs> it was it it made me sad. Um like my mom said this morning on the live the last minute of his life, he tried to be human, you know. Right. And Your mom's in my notes. I've put humanized him. Yes, yep. That's exactly. Exactly what's in my and, notes. Exactly what's in my notes. Humanized him. And that's what they did. And it made you feel sad that he as a person was dying. And and that's it. I mean, I felt bad. And um they did a good job at, at doing that. And also you saw his relationship with his wife. Yep. I mean, whether we appreciate the way he talks to her as if it's the nineteen fifties and calls her pretty kitty and Right. He's said to her, anything for you, go get yourself that villa, anything for you. And it's obvious yep. that she loves him. They've stuck together for, I don't know, 30 years maybe. They've been married. Yep. So the guy's got to have something about him. Right. Yes, it, things were bumpy with him and Emmett, but he's a husband and he's a father. He is. And I think also, nobody ever thinks that they're a baddie. And that's right. like on TV and in real life, right? Like everyone's the hero of their own story. Right. And everyone's the hero of someone else's story. He's the hero of Kitty's story. He's the bad guy in our story because because 19 are our heroes. But if this was viewed from Kitty's perspective, she's just lost the hero of, of her story. Right. You know, and Dixon didn't see his motivations as wrong. Everything that he did, he did in the interest of his family. Maybe he genuinely believes that his political position is the correct one well even he said to chief ross he said well we can kind of i'm going to paraphrase we can be good now it's over that was just politics exactly. almost like he didn't mean he it, sees right? it as a game and that's what when we were yeah. discussing that before we said didn't we he can't see the difference between the personal and the political because for him politics right. is just a game and he doesn't doesn't have the same attachment to it as she does yeah. she sees it as him destroying her life he just sees it as him trying to do what he needs to do to secure yeah, his, his position goal. in his head he's not a bad guy <laughs> right in his wife's head he's not a bad guy right it's only from our perspective and 19's perspective that he's a bad guy but that said what a great bad guy yeah. he has been such an awesome baddie such an awesome baddie and pat healy that man he made an exceptional baddie i mean how much did we love to hate him and as disgusting as Dixon was, what a pleasure Pat Healy was to watch. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, you can tell by how much we hated him, how good of a job he did as an actor. Yeah. 
And, um, I mean, even when he did the live with Danielle, you saw how different he was. Such a dude. In, in life, yeah. And yeah. so, you know, he accomplished his goal of making us all completely dis- be disgusted by him yeah. and hate him. But at the end of the day, I felt bad that he died. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm kind of gutted because yeah. you need a good baddie. You do. Now, who are we not going to like? Kate. It's going to be Kate. I don't think she's got it in her to be an uber villain, I'll be honest. Uh, I have got a suggestion in my notes. Uh-huh. I mean, is there anything else that you want to say about Dixon and his demise? No. Okay. So it's normally at this point that we do themes okay. followed by best growth. Okay. But I suggest, unless you've got anything to say, that we bin off themes and growth because I didn't feel like I found any themes I thought it was all just kind of it was all over the place tying, yeah and it was all very much yeah. like a tying up of loose ends and then the opening yeah. up of new storylines and yeah. I didn't feel like anyone had any particular growth in this episode again Uh-oh. I just felt like people had almost reached the end of the leg that they were on and have now like started the new leg yep of, I agree of their story so We've had everything tied up. We've had the captaincy race tied up in that being handed to Andy. Ben, it seems like he's finally going to accept what happened and move on, hopefully. Maya and Karina, we're back to baby making. Um, <laughs> get over it, Melissa. You love Karina. You want her to be happy and she wants a baby. Just get over it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Vic and Theo are done. Thank goodness. And Sullivan dun, and Natasha dun, dun, are back dun, dun. on. So it feels <laughs> so it feels like everything's been kind of tied up, ready to start yep. again afresh next year. So, tied up with a bow. So best scene? Have you got a favorite scene? Oh, that's tough. Man. No, I can't pick a... I, oh my gosh. If I really, really thought about it, I could maybe pick a favorite scene, but... Shall I do mine and then yeah, give do you yours. time to think? So on this one, I actually picked a best shot as well. Because okay. visually, it wasn't the whole scene, but visually I thought the best shot was Sullivan carrying Natasha oh, to safety. Up over the, yeah, you expected to see like fire going, bombs going off behind him. Like how yeah. he, it was almost like an action. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it looked like an action movie. You just saw yeah. this bald head kind of yeah. emerge. And then yeah. the rest of him. Shiny, um, yeah. Yeah, and the, the way that she, it's so hard to lay there limp and lifeless like that. Like I agree, and she killed it's it. It's so hard to do that. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, if you see Boris on Instagram, I mean, the man's a beast when he works out. Yeah, yes. But when Maya lifted Karina, yeah, she had some help because the way that Karina would have held herself up and held on to Maya, she would have had strength yeah. in her core and she would have held her body Correct. position yeah. in a way that it really would have helped Maya. And she kind of leapt into her arms a little bit. The fact that Natasha was literally hanging there lifeless and he had to really you know and she's a tall athletic woman yeah he did a great job and she did so well because to hold your body like that and to trust that someone's not gonna bloody drop you on your head yes but it paid off because visually that looked fantastic I loved that but as a scene as a favorite scene for me it was Dixon's death I think yeah Pat Healy was sheer class and he and Jay Hayden have such brilliant chemistry. And just the way he sort of went from kind of snarking, like being sweet and then realizing, hold on, I'm not a sweet guy. And then snarking and then the emotion taking over and that sob, that brief sob, don't let me die. It just absolutely caned me. And I don't think I'll forget it for a very long time. And I just think that like what a showcase for Pat Healy to go out on because that was incredible. Yeah, so I when we when I rewatched the episode this morning for the podcast, um, I had the same thoughts about um, the scene with Ross and Sullivan there, like the way he kind of rose up over the. Yeah. It was almost like he was walking on steps that weren't there, yeah. and um, I I looked at her body the same. I don't think I could have done that. I mean, her arms were just flailing down, yeah. and her head yeah. was down. 
I, yeah. so I agree with your description a hundred percent. And when you were describing that, I actually chose the interaction, not just the death, but the whole interaction with Travis and um, Dixon yeah. and even with Kitty up, like constantly crying, sobbing, having to yeah. be held back. Just yeah. all that as a whole was probably my favorite scene. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of emotion there. It was very emotional. It was very emotional. Yeah. And did you have a favorite line or a favorite piece of dialogue in this one? I don't swear, so I can't say it. Maybe you can. But I loved it when Vic said to her, um, what kind of captain do you want to be? And then she described them both. And and Andy was like, taking names. And actually, I can't remember it now. Wasn't it taking names and kicking ass? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that was my favorite line. Cool. Yeah. Because it was the way I liked her facial expression and how she got into it. It was gritty. I liked it. Yeah. Um, That's a good one. I hate the sentiment. But Merle Dandridge's delivery of I love you and I'm asking you to love me back. Yes, I hate the sentiment too, but very well done by Merle Dandridge. Yeah, and I appreciate her vulnerability, but I think vulnerability should be rewarded with vulnerability and her vulnerability gets a brick wall. Shot um, down. Which is why I hate the sentiment, but that woman can just deliver a line. She can. I want the job and the man. Yep. So, gifable moment. It's not really any gifable moments for me. It was all quite. You could probably do a couple, maybe with the marina scenes, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. At a push, Karina emerging from the closet in the worst dress I've ever seen. Probably, yeah. Something like that. Would that would work. Like, ta da! So, our questions then for next season like our sort of takeaways do you think that the tone and direction of the show is going to change now that we've got Andy as captain probably but I hope in a good way I hope more kind of like in the powerhouse you know um I hope they kind of keep it the way they have but maybe go up a level if that makes sense yeah yeah and the the president of the union was asking Andy if she wanted a more active role in the union. So do we maybe see Andy as a disruptor? Maybe she's yeah, going to... I think he was hitting on her, honestly, in the beginning. And then right. she kind of shot him down with the different um, views. So hope... I mean, if, if Andy gets put up in the union roles, that would be good for Chief Ross. So maybe that's how they keep Ross on. Yeah, I just think that maybe... Not necessarily that she'll join the union, maybe, but that she'll that she'll maybe kind of approach the union and try and maybe take names and kick ass. Yeah. With the union, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. And do you think that the chief is going to remain in her post? She better. <laughs> I mean, she can still be in it. Right. But just maybe yeah. like get demotion or something, but no, I think they're going to keep her as chief. I just don't know how they're going to keep her as chief. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think she needs to stay on as chief. And like, yeah, I think that it'll be interesting to see if and how they make that happen. Yeah. And what about Theo? Do you think that he'll stay on at 19 now? It's going to be tricky yes, for him. I do, though. I don't think he's going to leave. And so now that there's a power vacuum with Dixon out of the picture, we need a new baddie. Who's going to be Andy's antagonist? Could that be Theo? Pro- yes, I was going to say probably Theo. Yep. He's probably going to try to sabotage her and override her. Yeah, 100%. Do you think we're going to see Beckett back? Yes. I'd like to see Beckett back. Me too. He was very likable when he was... Yeah. And I think it'll be really interesting to see him kind of the way he was pre-booze. Well, he, he, no, he'll never be the same. It'll be post-booze now, won't it? But it'll be... Yeah. Because you're never the same. But yeah. I think it'll be really interesting to see his character development and to see how life is for him now. And I think that he would probably have some pearls of wisdom for the likes of Theo, possibly. I was just going to say, I think he'll be what keeps Andy going. I think he's going to stand up for Andy. Yeah, so I'm plugging for him to be back. I'd love that. For sure. 
I suppose I have to mention the baby stuff. So the pregnant waitress said that she was choosing an adoptive family. If she survives, do we think that there is a possibility that she could choose Maya and Karina? I do, but I really think they're going to go along with the... I think they're going to have Karina get pregnant. Okay. I do. I just, I think with the storyline, that's the way they're going to go. I'd be shocked if they did adoption because she wants, she has voiced so many times that she wants to experience being pregnant. And I think that they're either, we're going to find out from an IVF doctor that she cannot get pregnant Mm -hmm. and then she would adopt or she's going to get pregnant or maybe she'll adopt and then find out she's pregnant. But I think she's going to get pregnant either way. Okay. Do you think that we're going to see an opening scene with Karina with a pregnancy belly? Or do you think that we're going to see the process? Have you got any thoughts or preferences on that? I have no idea, but I'm hoping we at least see her pregnant for a little bit, just to see that between Maya and Karina. Um, I think that's what most of the fans want. So I really hope we don't time jump and all of a sudden she just has a baby. That would take the fun out of it. Yeah, but I just wondered if you thought that maybe that because we're obviously going, well, I say we're obviously going to have a time jump. We only had a three-week time jump between right. three and four, so potentially we could do the same again. I mean, time is hokey in Shinderland. Yeah. But I just wondered if maybe if you thought that we were going to see more of the trying to get pregnant or if we would just find yeah, I think we're pregnant. Gonna, no, I think we're going to see a little bit. I do. Okay. Or at least they just find out they're pregnant. Okay. Okay. <sighs> Oh, well. Um, so, I mean, as we've mentioned, we're uncertain as to when we'll get the season seven with the WGA strike not seeming to be getting anywhere. Unfortunately, pay them what they're worth. Pay them what they're worth. But I'm excited to see where season seven goes with Peter Page co-piloting the ship. Yes. I mean, I don't know much about Zoanne Clack at all, but I trust Peter Page implicitly. Yes. And that's not to say that I didn't love the direction that Krista Vernoff took Station 19 when she took over because she made it more of an ensemble piece. She got rid of Andy's Meredith Grey-esque narrations. She did, yeah. She literally created Karina DeLuca. So we have her to thank for that. And we have to assume, or I certainly assume, that it was her idea to bring Karina over. So we've got a lot to thank. Christopher Vernon four, but I love Peter Page. I love his writing. I love his direction. And when you look at all of the characters, all but Jack are members of marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. And it feels like we're at a tipping point. Like I'm talking about real life now. And especially on your side of the pond, especially in the US, it feels like we're at a tipping point with the rights of marginalized people. So people of colour are being gerrymandered out of political power, mm-hmm. you know, and that you have, Repu- I'm just going to say it how it is, you have Republican politicians that are enacting mm-hmm. stupid laws like changing how and when people can vote and you can't mm-hmm. give people water while they're in mm-hmm. the queue to vote. I'm going to close all the polling mm-hmm. stations but one and you can only go there between these hours and you're not allowed to Making drive. it harder to vote. Yeah. yeah. And so it can't be on a Sunday because churches drive people to on yeah. minibuses to the polling stations right. on a Sunday. So we'll make sure it's not then because we don't want masses of people going out to vote. We want to make it as difficult right. as we can for certain parts of the community. Right. And they might not say it out loud, but it's quite obvious when you look at the data that the communities that they are and I'm going to use the term voter suppression because that's mm-hmm. what it is when you make it near impossible for people to vote. That's voter suppression. And the people that they are trying to suppress most of the time are people of color. So you have mm-hmm. people of color being marginalized politically. Women, they're marginalizing women by legislating their bodies, you right. know, telling women what they can do with their bodies. The rights of the LGBTQIA plus community uh, 
being further encroached on. You've got anti-trans laws turning up. Drag queens—they're legislating against drag queens. They're the happiest people on the planet. Why are you coming after drag queens? You have the "Don't Say Gay" bill in Florida. You've got the Supreme Court hinting that equal marriage is going to be next on the docket. Now they've been successful with Roe v. Wade. So we're at a tipping point when it comes to marginalized communities and the people that we love on this show, all of our characters, bar Jack, are members of those marginalized communities. And my assumption, because she's married to a man, is that Krista Vernoff is a white cishet woman. And she did absolutely the right thing after the racism allegation in 22 by shaking things up in the writer's room, making it more diverse, bringing Zoan Clack in as the head writer. But I'm just so glad that with a cast of queer people and people of colour, that we now have a gay man and a black woman in charge. Mm-hmm. Because empathy goes a yeah. hell of a long way. And I am grateful to all of our allies. I mean, I'm white as can be. I'm so white, I'm see-through. So I'm speaking only on behalf of the queer community of which I am a fully signed up member. But empathy goes a long way and I'm grateful to all of our allies and I'm grateful to people like Krista who embrace the queer community and support characters like Karina DeLuca. But I do feel that true representation starts from the top. So I'm glad that there are people from these communities from the queer community and a black woman, someone from the black community who are now in charge off screen, because I do think that that will seep through on screen. And I think that hopefully the tipping point that the U S is at will be reflected more. That's my hope. Yeah. I mean, I think that was beautifully said. That was very deep. Um, I didn't know that's where you were going when you started, but um, no. People really do know where I'm headed when I start, Tiffany, let's be honest. I agree 100% with everything you said. And I think, you know, I do think, because I'm just like you, I'm as white as can be. And um, I do think, though, that we need to use our voices. I said a couple of years ago that. Um, I posted on my Facebook page because I don't, you know, a lot of people don't know. I grew up in a predominantly African-American church where I was the only Caucasian. And I, it was after, I think, I don't remember, I don't remember which incident it was, but um, it was police brutality and an African-American was shot driving or, or I'm sorry run just out running jogging and, oh um, um was it Aubrey Armad yes yes um and I posted on my Facebook you know that I didn't have a lot of words that I was frustrated because it, it had seemed like it had ha- incidences had happened back to back and you know there was no change and and I I was frustrated and I, I couldn't imagine how frustrated the African-American community was and that for some reason, our society has decided that the African-American voice is not as strong as the white voice, which is a lie, but the white voice needs to stand up and use their voice and be an ally um, because because society has, for some reason, coined our voice as being more powerful, which is, is a lie that they just want people to believe. Um, and because of that, we need to use our voice as an ally for these, these marginalized communities um, until society can realize, Hey, they're just as important as powerful as as we are. And so having that, but having that representation there, you know, I can't tell the story a way an African-American can tell the story. I can't tell the story the way, um, you know, somebody from the, I'm sorry, I don't know all the letters, the LGB. Just pick one. We've got hundreds. LGBTQIA plus, yeah. just, you know, queer people. Yeah, queer but, people. okay, but I can't tell the story the same way because I haven't experienced it, no. even though I'm passionate about advocating for it. You get what I'm saying? I haven't experienced yeah. There's no lived experience there, exactly. Yeah, and so to have that voice there, I'm so excited and happy that they got those top roles 
to ref to reflect and speak for the African American community, marginalized community, and the the queer community. So I'm excited to see where the show goes now. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah, truly yeah. excited to see what we're gonna see through those lenses, right? Through those yeah. eyes. Yeah. And um yeah, I'm super happy that that this has happened and um just thrilled. Yeah. Yeah, and you said it beautifully and um I'm happy that it was recorded. So Thanks, great. Mate. Yeah. So next week our podcast is gonna look a little bit or sound a little bit different because yeah, it's you gonna will be, in, be Italy. in Italy. Yes. So we've got that to look forward to. Then we'll look forward to hearing from you in Paris. And yes. in the meantime, we look forward to hearing from all of you. Hit us up. That doesn't sound yes. right in a, in a middle class English no. accent, does it? Hit us up. Hit, hit us up, yeah. Yo, <laughs> hit us up. Yo. <laughs> Yo, hit Sup. us up. <laughs> Gosh, I'm so gangster. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, get in touch. That sounds better in a BBC accent. Get in touch. So you can DM us on Instagram at station 19 podcast or you can email us podcast.station19 at gmail.com let us know your best bits your worst bits what you loved what you didn't love and just go hog wild you know scene character lines performances whole episodes incidents victims just give us all of it and tiffany and i will try and patch something together and we'll just keep trying to engage with you and we'll try and keep each other going during yeah. this hiatus yes we will we'll get through it together for sure too right all right well it's now 20 past 11 uk time three, yep three twenty a u.s time so i'm going to sneak into my bed because it, well if there's any room <laughs> My side of the bed is likely to be taken up by a puppy that seems to get five times longer when she's asleep. Um, oh. And one of the cats will be on my pillow, I've no doubt. So I'll try and find a corner of the bed to sneak into. And I'll let you and Abraham go and work off that taffy. Yes. Yep. We'll do something fun. I don't know. Maybe we'll go play outside because he's been inside all day. So. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yes. And I will no doubt speak to you before Wednesday. But yeah, um, on behalf of all of our listeners, I'm sure I say very safe travels. Have an absolutely fantastic time. And we can't wait to live these cons vicariously through you next week. Yes, thank you. And to all the listeners, um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, I had a blast film, um, not filming, but recording this. And so I hope you guys, well, and filming, cause I'm looking at myself, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know it's a long one. Some, we've had some long, some short, but I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks guys. And thank you, Tiffany, for always being a fun way to spend my evening. Yes. Had a blast talking to you. It was like just sitting next to each other, chilling. There you go. All right, um, till next time. Take care, my friend. All right, bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye. bye.